welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode number 73 of Just Jets. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary back with another episode. I hope you are pumped up. I am. I'm recording this before my 4th of July party. That's why I got the American flag bandana. One of my favorite days of the year. Love a 4th of July barbecue. And, uh, well, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. In a few hours, I will be transitioning into uh, drinking my Jack Daniels and listening to Leonard Skinner only in celebration. Uh, so this hopefully is going to come out at the regular time tomorrow. It might be delayed a little bit for, well obvious reasons for going a little bit hard but hopefully by the time you're seeing this you had a safe and fun fourth of july and we got a lot to get into today so let's get this thing started wanted to talk about our sponsor summer is here are you ready to unveil your beach body you should you're in luck our friends at manscape just launched their fourth generation performance package which includes lawnmower 4.0 yeah that's right the 4.0 you thought the 3.0 was good well they said hold on one second here's a 4.0 Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name. So join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for a hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with my promo code JETS20. That is J-E-T-S-20 for 20% off and free shipping. Get yourself something nice. So, all right, let's get into the episode. And we have a lot of voicemails today. I'm excited to get to the voicemails. I think we got 12 to talk about. So what I wanted to start the show with before we get into the voicemails is pro football focus. I just don't understand sometimes. I really don't. And the main thing I wanted to talk about is they ranked the New York Jets with the 30th best roster or third worst, depending on how you want to look at it, roster in the NFL. And... I think that's a little bit on the low side. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a, this is a top 20 team. They went 2-14 and 14 last year. But what I don't understand is this same site ranked the Jets as the third most improved team in the NFL. The Patriots and Cleveland Browns were the only two teams ahead of the New York Jets. And that brought them only up to 30? Like, if you want to say that they were... Probably, what, 31 or 32 last year? Jacksonville is maybe either 31 or 32, and that's probably it. With everything that this team has done in the offseason, they only moved up one spot or two at the absolute most? How? That's my question is how. I don't buy that. And again, this is a 2-14 and 14 team last year. I'm not going to sit here and say, this is a top 20 team. They are not getting any respect. No, I understand that from the national level, not a lot of people are going to look at this roster and say, oh my God, this is a team that's going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I get that, but 25? Is that fair? When you look at what this team has done and the improvements, they bring in Morgan Moses, they draft Elijah Vera Tucker, they add Carl Lawson on the defensive side, they bring in Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Zach Wilson, Michael Carter. There's a lot of new pieces on this team so to say, okay, yeah, they were 2-14 and 14 last year. They're going to be, you know, at the bottom outside of, well, the lowly Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. Then, like, like that's it? That's the only thing? I, I, don't, I don't get how you could be the third most improved team, but then be the 30th 
best roster in the NFL. That's the thing that I don't understand. Like, don't rank them in the top three in that category if you're not then going to rank their entire roster higher. Like, this defensive line's a top 10 unit, right? Offensive line, probably at this point, top 20, maybe closer to top 15 with the addition of Morgan Moses. Like, that's how much of an improvement it's going to be versus last year. And still the 30th roster? And the weird part is they love Zach Wilson. PFF loves Zach Wilson. They love Elijah Moore. They love Carl Lawson. They love Vinnie Curry. A lot of the additions on this team from the Jets, whether it be through the NFL draft or in free agency, PFF likes a lot. So I'm just very confused. Keep sleeping on the New York Jets. That's what I'll say. Keep sleeping on the Jets. Uh, And I'm not going to boast and be like, oh, this team's going 12 and 5. No, they're not. I don't even think they're going 10 and 7. But they're going to be an improved team and they're going to be trending in the right direction. So uh, that's the main point that I wanted to get out from this is just how I don't understand the logic behind this one. Maybe someone could explain it to me, but just a little quick rant on my understanding or lack thereof of PFF's logic sometimes. Uh, Now I want to get into your voicemails because we have a bunch to get into. So let's get things started with Ed from Long Island. Uh, Ed McDougall from Long Island. Uh, I have no idea what their record is going to be this year. I mean, I understand trying to project it is very difficult to do. Um, and with, you know, all these young players and so forth, uh, it could be anywhere. It'll be better than last year, I guess, for sure. Uh, the thing that I'm really going to be watching more than anything is improvement. Do they get better as the season go on? Because that is a sign that your young players are developing. So I'd be curious, you know, what your thoughts are about that as a way to kind of look at this season. Uh, thanks again, and go Jets. 100%. I agree with you 100%, Ed. Uh, I don't really care about the wins and loss record. Uh, I really care about Zach Wilson's development. I care about the offense not being the worst or second worst offense in the league for the third year in a row. Uh, there are a lot of young pieces. We'll just go right down the line. We'll start offense. Zach, Michael Carter, Mekhi Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, uh, even guys who you know, you think might be building blocks who are, who are veterans, Corey Davis, uh, maybe Connor McGovern bounces back on the defensive side, Quinn Williams, uh, Carl Lawson. I know he's a free agent, but I mean, he, he's still young. He's in his mid twenties. It's not like a guy who's, you know, approaching 30 years old. Uh, CJ Mosley coming back, I think is a big storyline. The development of the corners is going to be a huge storyline. What do you do with Marcus May? So I really think like if there's a, there's a way that this team has maybe five or six wins and it could still be looked at as a, at a success if Zach Wilson plays all 17 games and puts up solid numbers. I'm not saying he has to be, you know, the rookie of the year or it's a it's a failure of a season. No, just look like the guy and, and flash. And that's really all we can ask for because as a rookie, there's going to be bumps in the road. It's not going to be a perfect season, but I think if we can at least see like, hey, this young core looks like it's going to be good, then that's that's all I need. Honestly, that's all I need. Thank you again for calling in, Ed. We're going to go to Travis in Ohio who wants to talk about Joe Douglas in a Royal Rumble. Let's hear him out. Hey, Matt! <laughs> Travis from Ohio. What up? Hey, brother. I was watching the Flight 2021 videos, and it occurred to me that I would put Broadway Joe Douglas up against any other GM 
in a row rumble type situation and just let him go at it. Like he's I'm with washing him. out of there. Like from his stone cold demeanor where he doesn't appear mad or excited or whatever. He, he's always PC and you know like if he had to unleash with all that mass, he looks like he's working out with the offensive and defensive line. He could probably suit up. I mean, he is a beast. And I would take him in a chess uh, tournament with all the other GMs, too. Like, I think he's that smart after pulling off the Moses deal, making Crowder take five mil less, basically paying for Moses. Anyway, love it, buddy. I just want to put that battle royal in your mind. I love it. And how many skulls he would have, <laughs> have like Predator up on the wall after. Because I think he would run through everybody. Anyway, love you, buddy. Your Jets. And happy fourth. Bye. Thank you. Happy fourth to you and yours as well, Travis. Always a pleasure when you call in. I love this. A Royal Rumble, Joe Douglas. I, I would have my money on Joe Douglas. I think the GM that would give him the most fight is John Lynch because he beat the crap out of people when he played, man. I feel bad for some of the younger fans who watch who didn't really get a chance to see John Lynch in the NFL in the early 2000s when it was a free-for-all. Man, did he lay the hammer with the hits. So I would say those are probably the two remaining, but give me Joe Douglas, man. He's got the... The strength. He looks like an offensive lineman. I know he's an old lineman guy, but I I got my money on Joe D. I, I I love it. Travis, I think you hit the nail on the head, my friend. Steve from New York is up next. He wants to talk about George Fant at guard. Hey, Matt. This is Steve. I'm from Narrowsburg, New York. I just have a question. Why wouldn't you think that George Fant couldn't slide in from right tackle into the right guard position, you're paying him uh, pretty good money to be uh, right tackle more than Morgan Moses. Why not, you know, slide him in instead of just putting him on the bench? Thank you. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, it's a fair question. I just don't think the Jets want to do that. Um, to fans' credit, he's very athletic. So I think the chances of him being able to do a positional change like that, I think he would be a, like a good pulling guard. I just don't see the Jets going that direction at this point. I think they'd use him as a swing tackle or I, I, I say tight end, but I don't really mean tight end. What I mean is like an, an extra guy on the O-line in running situations. I think they'll use him as and depth. Like if God forbid, if injuries happen, then he pops right in and him being a guy to come in and not, Chuma Adoga, like that is a major, major win. Sure, he's expensive, but I think you pay that right now, that price right now, uh, in hopes of helping your young quarterback. Do everything in your power to help the young quarterback. I think it's going to be Greg Van Roten as the right guard. That's my guess for right now. Jeremy in Sacramento is calling in about the 2022 draft. Let's hear from Jeremy. Hey, Matt, it's Jeremy. How you feeling? Good. Okay, you well fed? Yes, sir. All right, good. 
Um, hey, uh, it's dead season, so I'm going to start picking your brain about what you think is going to happen in next year's draft. When I see all those picks, 11 picks, um, I'm kind of thinking they're going to consolidate um, and maybe package picks to move up and get higher picks. Um, I'm just wondering what you think. Do you think if, if the opportunity is there to get a top-notch cornerback, like I think it's Stingley, do you think that we would um, like use a third or a second to trade up one of a, you know with a first and trade up to grab a guy like that? I mean, we see that Joe Douglas is willing to do that. Um, and just the idea of do you really think we're going to take 11 and use all 11 decks or um, just try to get like a a little bit more quality, move up a little bit, and like consolidate it down to like seven picks because we also gotta pay, That's you true. know, pay money for those guys. And we're just thinking we're gonna evaluate the team this year and learn more about our team and where the holes are, and more about the spots we have to fill. So, what's your take on it, buddy? John. Appreciate it, Jeremy. As always, uh, I I agree with you. I don't think they're gonna take or use all those picks. I think you'll see a couple of things happen, or one of two things happen potentially. Either they will use some of those draft picks and trade for already established players in the NFL or package to move up. And that's the thing with that number of draft picks. And they've had a ton in 29, uh, excuse me, 2020, 21 and in 2022. They're going to have a ton of picks over those three years and the first three drafts of Joe Douglas's career. I think if you package those together like you saw them do with Elijah Vera Tucker and go up and get a big time position of need and a really like a, a, a top-notch player, I'd almost rather do that because, sure, on paper, yeah, it's fun to say, oh, look at this draft class. There's 11 guys. But how many times in Jets history or just in the NFL in general, you're looking at those 11 people draft classes, and it's a lot of nothing. So if you're able to move up and get your chance at a higher-quality guy, like let's say, I don't know, you're moving up for a, a position of need, but which potentially corner could be a big position of need or maybe linebacker. Or another offensive lineman, Depend all depending on what happens this year, which is another thing that Jeremy mentions that's so important because this year's an evaluation and you're seeing what sticks on your roster and what doesn't. Then you see. Um, so I'm with you. I don't. I would be stunned if Joe Douglas takes 11 guys or moves back and somehow has more than 11 draft picks. No shot. I understand this roster needs help, but they also need like good players. And if you're giving up some picks to move up and get better quality players okay sure i think you're probably at the end of the day looking at like eight draft picks for next year eight or nine draft picks somewhere in that realm so we'll see john in long island is up next he wants to get into the linebacker room a little bit so let's hear him out hey matt it's john from long island quick question um what do you think the linebacker room is looking like for the jets this upcoming year Ooh. you think either those two uh, rookies will get starter at, at the start position as will um, I'm not sure. I really don't feel on it. I know mostly probably start, but that's all I, I know. Anyway, go Jets, man. Love the show. Take care. Appreciate it. I think we are absolutely seeing Mosley start. I think you're going to see Davis start, who they paid coming over from Detroit, and I think he bounces back with the Jets. The one who I think is going to be taking over at will is, is Sherwood. I know he was – oh, no, excuse me, not Sherwood. I meant Nasraldine. I think it was going to, what I meant to say was, I think it's going to be a competition between those two, but I think it's going to be Nasral Dean who has the edge. To me, Sherwood's going to be more of a special team guy, which is fine. I'm good with that. Or, you know, uh, someone who comes in in rotation. Um, I, I don't think that we're going to see really, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name, Blake Cashman 
have much of a role as a as a linebacker this year on this team. To me, I, I really think it's Nazrul Dean. I think he's going to be better than some are anticipating. They see him as a six-rounder, and you say, okay, yeah, he's not going to give you too much. I think it's going to be like what Bryce Hall was last year, except for over a full season, not like the last seven or eight games, however many that Bryce Hall played. Um, it's going to be up and down because he's going to be a rookie, and he was a later you know, round guy, but it's because of the injury, why he went later uh, and he's healthy now and he, he can cover, he can tackle. Sherwood's maybe a little bit of a better tackler, but I think Nasrul Dean's better in coverage, which is going to help uh, his chances of being a starter, which the Jets, let's face it, their linebackers haven't been able to cover for a long time. Uh, we saw the impact that CJ Mosley had there uh, in just that one game against Buffalo. But to, to me, I, I really think Nasrul Dean's going to be the one who holds that down. So good question, John. Uh, Vinny from Peekskill, New York, is up next, and he has some thoughts on ownership. Hey, man. It's Vinny from Peekskill. What up? Calling, you know, the, about your response about ownership. Okay. I agree with everything you said. The thing is, with the Johnsons, this is my honest opinion. I think most of us will agree with what happened with them. The Johnsons inherited a strong foundation left behind by Leon Hess and Bill Parcells and just ran it into the ground, and when everything fell apart, they just didn't know how to properly fix the mess. And so they made blunder after blunder, which is ultimately what led to the disaster that is Jets football in the 2010s. Fair. Also, about that uh, coach ranking list, I saw that, that and in my mind, this is what I heard. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Stale lol Jets narratives, blah, yep. blah, 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 lol Jets, blah, 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 lol Jets, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. I don't have any original thought in my mind. I'm just a slave to the corporate media. <laughs> <laughs> it was pathetic. It that is, is all. And go Jets. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, the foundation being set. I mean, you look at that Bill Parcells, that, that 2000 draft especially. In one of my more recent videos, I kind of ranked Jets draft since 2000, and I think that 2001 is the cream of the crop. That and 06, I mean, that was really the two foundational drafts. The 2001 for that, like, 01, 02, 04 run, 06 draft for 06, 08, I know they didn't make the playoffs in 08, but 9 and 10, and even into 11 when they didn't make the playoffs. Like, that was really the core of that team was from that draft class, so... Uh, I'm with you. I think foundational-wise, it was set up well, and then just wrong people getting in charge, and I hope as I said in that video last week or in the episode last week, that they take a step back because that stuff matters, man. It, it really does. So I really hope they just let Joe Douglas and Robert Sala run the show because I think they're both two very smart football guys. Big Mike is calling in next. He wants to talk about the 2021 Jets and, uh, well, let's get into it. Hey, Matt, it's Big Mike from Central Jersey this week, not Philly. Uh, calling in, got a quick question. I was thinking, you know, the addition of Morgan Moses, the way that the reporters are covering this Jets camp, I know they always try to report it well and say how great the team looks, but I'm starting to really think that there is a world in these series of outcomes that an NFL season could produce where the Jets really surprise a lot of people and put up maybe an above 500 season, like nine or ten wins. Okay. And obviously I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying it's in the range of outcomes that could possibly happen over the course of a year. So what do you think the Jets' absolute 100% ceiling is for 
the 2021 campaign. Uh, I think their floor isn't terribly, terribly low considering last year. But I just want to know what you think the absolute ceiling is for this Jets team. Thanks, and uh, go Jets. Really good question. Um, so I think most likely outcome seven or eight wins this year, maybe nine. I think that's your the, your three win range that I think is most likely. Uh, so ceiling, I'll go ten and seven. I think if everything breaks right, they could be a ten win team, which is probably fighting for a wild card spot. And floor, five, five wins. But there are even ways where a five-win team is still looked at as a success if you're getting good production from some of the young guys. So uh, I'm really not concerned about the win-loss record this year. What I'm concerned about is seeing growth from the young guys, which is what Ed said on the first call of the show, was seeing the the improvement over the year. And if they're just competitive and in games, how many times were they just done in the first half, if they're fighting in the fourth quarter, see a couple fourth quarter comebacks. Like, I, I, I don't want to root for losses. I don't want to be put in a position where you're like, you know what? It's probably better off if they're losing games so that the awful head coach who is toxic is gone and then they get a better draft pick. I, those days are hopefully gone. In 2021, I don't really care about draft positioning. I don't. You know, I hope that in December I am rooting for Zach Wilson for them to, you know, come back in games and, and have a fighting shot of in winning football games. That's what really I'm hoping for. Uh, and I think there's a good chance you see that. So to me, that would be a success for sure. Mel in Brooklyn is calling in next, and he wants to talk about positions that the Jets might be looking at in 2022. Hey, this is Mel from Brooklyn. Um Got a question real quick. I've um, been watching the show for a while. And Thank you. wanted to know if everything don't go right with the Jets. Okay. I want to know what position that will pick in 2022 draft pick. What position that you think will go first in the 2022 draft pick? Thank you. Go Jets. Thank you. Appreciate the call. And I think this is an interesting topic of conversation here because this roster, well, I don't think it's the 30th roster in football. It still needs work. To me, I think potential needs corner. The edge for the opposite side of Carl Lawson, linebacker. Uh, and then on the offensive side, offensive line. They always could use help offensive line. Tight end, potentially. Maybe running back. It depends on what happens with Ty Johnson um, and Tevin Coleman and LaMichael P. Ryan. Uh, to me, I think Michael Carter will be you know, someone who would be in the mix, but maybe they're looking at running back. Uh, wide receiver, I'd be surprised with, to be honest with you, because they went you know, back-to-back years and taking a second-round wide receiver. So I think I'd be surprised if they spent another early-round pick on the position, but we'll have to see. To me, those positions really stick out. Corner, edge, linebacker, tight end, offensive line. And me, yeah, th- those are probably the five in no, in no particular order, but those are the five that I think I look at the most. John from North Carolina is next. And thank you, Mel, again, for checking in. And he wants to get into Michael Carter. Hey, Matt, this is John Jackson, from North Carolina, John, North Carolina. Okay. Anybody that think Marcus, Michael Carter is too short for the NFL, they didn't see Joe Morris play for the New York Giants. That's all <laughs> I got to say. Go Jets. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think that's a bad narrative. Um, Or like, how about Maurice Jones-Drew? He was a pretty small running back. Um, 
Yeah, I, I am so pumped to see Michael Carter play. I really am. I think he's going to be very good for this team. Uh, and maybe it's more of a split between him and Ty Johnson. We don't see a ton of production. Like maybe he just rushes for like 600 yards or something like that. But there's absolutely a world where Carter could, could flash and be very good. Very good for this team. I, I think he is going to be a long-term, and by long-term I mean maybe a second contract guy, uh, answer at, at the running back position for this team. That's how excited I am about him. Next up, Ronnie in New Jersey, and he is absolutely pumped up about the 2021 draft, or 2021 season, rather. All right, it's Ronnie from New Jersey again, part two. I guess I ran out of time. Oh, I'm going to make this one a little bit quicker. But, again, just to say I love the structure, love Salah, I love what he's doing, the coaches he brought with him. People are going to want to come to us. The quarterback, I love the kid. I think he fits the system perfectly. I like what we did on the, the skill positions with, with Elijah Moore and, and also with Carter. I think they're going to be phenomenal. The offensive line is looking so good. Barrett Tucker was amazing. Even getting the Moses is just like, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited about this team. Defensively, we finally have a pass rush. The safeties, I like the idea. The trend that they're doing now, I love it, is these long, tall, rangy safeties in yeah. college. What if one of them puts on 15 pounds and becomes Brian Erlacher, right? He played safety in college. I think that's a beautiful thing. Also on the defense, C.J. Mosley, no one's really talking much about him. I think he's a little irritated, a little pissed off. He's going to be motivated by Salah. He's going to be motivated because he's going to need to play well the next, the rest of his contract if he wants another one, right? He basically threw away two years. The first two years of his contract are just kind of went to shit. But now he, I think he's going to excel in this offense with that defensive line getting pressure on the quarterback. It's going to be phenomenal. And nobody's talking about Jared Davis, okay? I've been in a fantasy football league since 1992, okay, that had individual defensive players. And since Detroit drafted Jared Davis, I've had him on my team. So I've really paid attention to him. He's okay. rangy. He's a really good blitzer. And I actually think now that he's not the middle linebacker that C.J. Mosley is, he is going to make so many people go, holy shit, <laughs> why didn't I know about this guy before he became a Jet? I hope Corners, so. Corners, young, but it's okay because we're going to be getting some pressure on the quarterback. I'm just overall super excited, Matt. Love your content. Love everything you're doing, man. Thank you. Uh, let me know. I mean, are you as excited as I am? I think we're going to win nine games this year. I'm not even bullshitting. <laughs> I think we're going to shock a lot of people. Anyway, the end of your shows, you always say, go Jets. I always say, keep it inside the leather. Another shameless plug. I hope I didn't blow out an eardrum. Thanks, buddy. Keep it up. Later. <sighs> Wow, <laughs> that's the kind of energy that I need right before a 4th of July party. Love it, Ronnie. Love it. I don't know if I'm going to go nine wins. Um, seven and ten, eight and nine, somewhere right around there, I think, is what you're looking at, which is a massive improvement from two and 14. So I'll, I'll take that. You got me pumped up about Davis. I, I, I agree. I think he is someone who is going to be turning heads. I don't I don't know if he's going to be like leading, living up to that first round draft pick status that he once was, but... It, I would be surprised if he's not a solid starter. Not great, but just steady, solid. I think he'd sign up for that. And I agree with you on the corners as well. Like that room probably looks like probably the worst unit on the team. Uh, but they're young. They could potentially grow. I'm excited about Bryce Hall. I think Isaiah Dunn gets a good shot. And with the amount of pressure that the front four is going to get, it might not matter who's playing corner. So something to keep in mind there. Love the energy, Ronnie. Bobby in California is up next. Low lights as a Jet fan is what he wants to get into. Hey, what's up, Matt? This is Bobby from California. Uh, I was just uh, taking a drive here, thinking about some 
some low lights as a Jets fan, you know, looking back at last year, I think. I think for me, the Raiders game was probably the lowest of the low. Um, But I just want to ask, what do you think is your low light as a Jets fan, like as a whole, the last 20 years? Let me know what you think, man. I know it's uh, not the most um, (laughs) most happy thing to think about, but I think it's important, you know? Anyways, talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye. This is a tough question. I think... Two are jumping out to me right away. The more recent one, Week 17, 2015. Jets have a chance to make the playoffs, lay an egg, Ryan Fitzpatrick, three interceptions, Chris Ivory on a windy day in Buffalo only gets six carries, Kembrell Tompkins or Thompson, however you say his name, uh, the drop, which would have been a touchdown. Uh, just a bizarre game, and that that really hit hard. I think that was the most recent one where it's like, oh, my God. And then um, the Doug Bryan game against the Steelers in 2004. Um, that was like the second year I was into football. I was nine years old. Yeah, nine years old at the time. Um, that run really stung because that team was good, man. They went 15-1 and in the regular season, and the Jets had them on the ropes. They were so close to going to the AFC Championship game that year, and that was off a dramatic win the week before against the Chargers, who are a really good team. So that 2004 team was really fun. Uh, I, I like that Jet team a lot. So uh, that that those two are the ones that stick out to me. Raiders, I, I was just kind of jaw-dropping of, like, that didn't just happen. And I was so numb at that point in the season that it, it didn't really bother me one way or the other. So interesting topic, Bobby. I like this question. Ben in New Jersey's closing us out. He wants to talk about some potential rookie years and which is more likely. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. What up, brother? First off, I just want to say, give you a huge thank you. Oh. I just got my... First Manscaped kit with a lawnmower 4.0, yes, the weed love whacker, it. Love it. the ball deodorant, and a free pair of boxers. It was only 95 bucks thanks to your code, Just20, so I just want to thank you for that. You're welcome. Next up for the question. My question is, who, what do you think is more likely? Zach Wilson having a Justin Herbert type rookie year or Elijah Moore having a Justin Jefferson type rookie year? Okay. I don't... I don't think either will happen because those rookie years were just historical and unbelievable, but I'm just curious who you think has a better shot of getting that. I personally think Wilson because I think he's he has an array of weapons to throw to now and he's not gonna be he's not the same size as Herbert, but I, I believe his arm strength is almost is almost as good as Herbert and I think his scrambling skills will help him get some more touchdowns and yards. But Elijah Moore, I mean, he's shown so much in training camp, and he he was the, probably the best slot receiver in the draft class, I think. Agree. And um, they're both real talented players, but obviously it'd be hard to achieve what Jefferson and Herbert did their rookie years. So that's just my question: Who will have will Wilson have a Herbert rookie year, or will Moore have a Jefferson rookie year? Who's more likely to do mm. that? Thank you, and as always, go Jets. I agree with you. I don't think either are super likely, and that doesn't that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It's just b- both are historic, historic rookie years. I agree. I probably go Zach Wilson. Uh, the reason for that, I think there's a lot of bodies in this wide receiver room. I don't think anyone's going to have a – what did Jefferson have? He had like 1,400 yards last year, right? 1,200, 1,400, something like that. 
Uh, I don't think we see an 1,000-yard receiver on the Jets. I think you see, I'm going to say three or four receivers in that 700 to 950-yard range. Um, probably, I'm going to say, probably Davis, 950, Mims, 800, more like 750, and Crowder probably around that six to 700 range, and he might get moved at the deadline. And I just think as the season goes on, his targets are going to go to come down a little bit. Um, I would just, I would just like to see solid production from Zach Wilson, like just something with the, keep the interceptions down YPA over seven, force the ball down the field a little bit, make some plays, have some fun on offense. Is that too much to ask for a fun offensive year? Uh, I, I don't think that he gets the Herbert level. That would be an absolute blast, but I would say that is probably the more likely scenario of the two. Once again, I hope you had a great, happy 4th of July, a safe 4th of July. Jets coverage from me isn't going anywhere. Appreciate people like Ben who used the promo code Jets20 from Manscaped. Uh, we'll have more promo codes and more things coming in the next few months as this channel continues to grow. I can't thank you guys enough for that. Really the opportunity to do this all the time and getting closer and closer to being able to do this as a full-time thing is, uh, I can't put into words how awesome that is. That's the ultimate goal for me. I want to be there maybe another year or so. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I really can't do this without you guys, and I hope you know how much I appreciate you. Uh, so that's it for episode 73. We'll be back again next week for episode 74. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll talk to you next time.